my wife and I would like to ask you a couple of questions. Sure, 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 sure. Go ahead. Well, well, for instance, uh, what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? <laughs> Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Films. It's been a while for this version of the Well, in this is even a better version. It's a new version. It's the new and improved Fascinated with Films. It's actually I've, I'm sure I've told you before I actually pushed record that this is going to be Fascinated with Films Friday Favorites. Hey, I could get a good echo right there. Friday Bye. Favorites. Ah. Because before, if you were with us for the last, I think we did like 17 or 18 episodes, we did Obsessed with the Obscure, which was fun. I loved it. I loved Is that it. all we did? Yeah, the last, huh. like, uh, we weren't jumping between them and everything. Uh, and now we're doing this thing where every few months we'll, we'll switch up the segment, and this one's going to be Friday, Friday Favorites. But before we get to the whole recap, I wanted to see how you've been. I haven't seen you since you got back from, uh, was it Philly that you went to? Or? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Do people not like when you confuse those two? I think they don't like it because yeah. <laughs> I because I was talking to I was talking to Arthur, one of my clients, played four years with the Steelers. He played four years with the Bills. Yeah, especially when you're you're referring to NFL teams. Yeah. I guess that's where it is because those fans are uh, Pennsylvania people are like. Well, Boston. it was kind of like, why are you guys? You guys hardly ever play each other. Yeah. They're in different divisions yep. and different conferences. You know, the only time they would ever meet is if they did one of those. You know, in July they play like yeah, the the inner, inner kind of across. Yeah, it's the same with. I always felt the same the with the Yankees and the Mets. Why well, you guys care about each other? Is you yeah. national? They're American. Now I get. I guess I get the pride of being one over the other. Yeah, but for New York, because you're in the same goddamn city, but here's two cities, two hundred yards, two hundred miles you apart. Figure out there must be more Met fans located in a certain part of New York than others. I mean, I don't know what it is. At least like in Philly and Pittsburgh. I mean, if you're in the Bronx, you're cities. a Yankees fan. Yeah, because the Yankees are in the Bronx. Really, the Patriots got it uh, really well. Where they can just encapsulate all they of get, New England. They get yeah. several states. Yeah, it's crazy. Because people from Maine aren't cheering for. Well, they might be cheering for Buffalo. New, the Buffalo crowd gets a lot of New Englanders because they're. Yeah, I mean, they are there. I mean, they're in that kind of somewhat area there. But So, how was it up there? Was it good? Hot? It was good. Weather, no, it wasn't hot. Weather was good. Um, we did a, brutal we did a live podcast at a brewery. Sweet. And it was packed, and we set up speakers, loud system. We did it, but we did it live on YouTube at the same time. Sure, we need to do that. And, uh, we need to do a fascinating film. Yeah, we had three, uh, back in the day, we, we had 3,000 people watch it live. Uh, I don't know if we could get that I'm telling many. you. I don't if, know if we could get that many. If I'm we were doing saying. this pod back in the day when we were so like around all the bars, we would be doing live podcasts. Yeah, back at, having like, our friends come on Nelly's the mic. And the problem like with that. that is you, you, it's tough to have a guest because you know, um, especially for YouTube because you got to watch your language somewhat. Oh yeah, for YouTube and yeah, there's a lot of YouTube stipulations with all. Like, like we're monetizing this, and uh, that's the problem. You Once make it's a ton monetized, of money. See, we're unmonetized, the one you're listening to, people, so we can say whatever the fuck we want. That's true. We, we make, can rip on but, anything. Tell but, us why you don't like Will Smith. Do it. 
Uh, he's a terrible actor. Ah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Is there another reason? Uh, like? No, that's a good one. <laughs> they annoy you. That whole, you took mine from me. That whole family just annoys the shit out of me. It does. It's getting even worse. I hate to be happy when I see that he's losing work. Like uh, yeah. they, they recast the Aladdin with The Rock. And The Rock is such a better choice for that position in the first place. That's kind of like you think a genie would look like. And he's got more comedy chops than Will Smith. And like Will Smith at this does. point, unless he's doing movies like Concussion, which yeah. if you're listening, Will, you were really, really good in that movie. Yeah, that was, there's a couple. You were very oh, good a in couple. that movie. I don't want to completely rip on him, but if people are paying attention and people will cancel you, Mel Gibson still has not come back, man. I mean, he's, he's I mean, doing he some movies. sort of stuff. He's doing Redbox movies and everything, but he is not mainstream. No. They would have done Lethal Weapon by now, and he would have been a... A star. There's got to be some pathway for some of these guys his to get is back in. His is directing because you don't have to see him. You know, it's a lot better if you don't have to see him. Like I watched Hacksaw Ridge and I was telling you about it that I loved it. And you're going to love it. I'll have to remember to give you a copy. Uh, absolutely phenomenal uh, movie. Really, really good. And you forget because he's not in the movie. It's just, uh, he, he's just, like it's like Apocalypto. He's just directing it. So we're just seeing Andrew Garfield and Vince Vaughn and all those uh, people. But it's got to be difficult. People not going to want to work with you. After that, too, you know? I mean, that's... His was so stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. His, his only recourse is apologize, go to rehab, and uh, then people accept you when you come He out. went to, like, India. Did he? Is that what he did? He went to India to... I mean, Chappelle sp- went to Africa, but to he was just sick like, of the whole... To, to like shamans, and not shamans, but, like, just to hang out with the religious... Yeah. Why don't you don't do that? And <laughs> I was done gonna, with him long before that, so... Crazy gonna be crazy, man. Uh, speaking of that, there's a lot of... Uh, He's not mad that, that his wife's having sex with other guys, but Chris yeah. Rock gets slapped for telling a joke about No, her. that was all bottled up. actually pretty funny. That was bottled up. That just came out at the wrong time. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Uh, we're, we're getting inundated a little bit with uh, Tom Cruise now. The Top Gun is so close to coming out. It looks great, too. He was saying he would never release anything streaming because his movies deserve a big screen. And I kind of agree with the movies he's doing. I agree with the type of movies he's doing, of course. Like, I'm not the biggest Top Gun fan. I didn't watch Top Gun. I watched but if you Top watch Gun, Top Gun on your phone... Oh, yeah. It's just not <laughs> as good. I was always more of an Iron Eagle fan. Me and Justin had battled it out earlier in the uh, pods with Iron Eagle and Top Gun. Not that I dislike Top Gun. Top and Gun was okay, but they had to throw some of that Americana crap in there. Yeah, and there was a love story in there, and I didn't much care for it. There was no love story in Iron Eagle. That was the kind of the main thing. So I'm very interested what they do with the new one, and uh, certainly as far as effects go, what they can do now compared to in the 80s. And he's really doing that shit. We all know that. Uh, so I, He I, wanted to fly the F-35, and they wouldn't let him. I like him a lot more when I don't have to hear him speak about anything. I like the stories and just, I don't want to even hear him talk about the, it. You know what sucks though? It's like when you find out someone's in Scientology mm-hmm. that you didn't know, like Beck. Yeah. Oh yeah. The singer Beck. Yeah, yeah. Or the Elizabeth girl Moss. from, yeah, from Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. I automatically don't like them anymore. A lot of those guys leave. Very few of them stay for that long though. Like Ethan Supley was in for a while and then he got out. I think Earl, in the My Name is Earl, uh, uh, he was in there. He got out. Uh, they had just, what's her name? Uh, Leah Remney had been born into it and she he talks a lot about it poorly about them, but she just entered, uh, college, I guess. And, uh, she's got classes in college and she's like, I have an eighth grade education. He says, and now I'm finally going back to college at like 52 or something like that. So good for her. You better take some remedial it's, courses before it robs you. if it's only eighth grade. You're not going to, yeah, you're not going to have as much fun as uh, you could have had back then in your twenties. So it sucks. Did you watch any movies at all? I did. What did you watch this last uh, week? Yesterday. 
Uh, what'd you watch? Danny, no, the movie yesterday. Oh, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to fall into that trap. <laughs> Who's up first? Hilarious. Uh, <laughs> the guy I on lo- first base. I love that movie, man. I fucking love Danny that Danny Boyle. Damn. It's such a good, lighthearted fantasy movie, which you just got to love. Yeah. I mean, it's... Un- and you were even... Uh, I know you're not like the biggest Beatles fan. I don't but- care about them one way or another. They got a couple of good songs. Obviously, they were, obviously they were very... Genius musicians. The girl in They're that just, movie got super famous. You know, that's the girl who plays um, Pamela Anderson. Really? You would never know it. She's wearing really? a she's wearing a forehead thing. They put oh. a forehead thing on her, a nose thing, a breast plate for her entire chest. So she's almost in like monster makeup in a, in a <laughs> way. And she looks gorgeous. And she looks just like Pamela uh, Anderson. And it's so I'll weird. I'll probably watch it now because I liked her in Pamela, this movie. That Pamela documentary was awesome. It was crazy. You saw it? Oh, yeah. We watched the whole season. Okay. It was freaking awesome. Oh, it's a... it's a Yeah, it's a series. It's on it's a Hulu. series. Yeah, it's on Hulu. It's awesome. Hmm, yeah. I don't know if I have a whole time commit to uh, series. Yeah, it's like eight episodes. But Seth Rogen's hilarious in it. They... It's wild, man. There's a scene where, and the guy who plays Tommy is uh, the Winter Soldier from the Marvel movies. He's really good. But they have like, there's in like an, in one scene, there's like a kind of a, um, he must be high or something, but he looks down and he starts talking to his dick and his dick's like an ana- animatronic thing. So it actually turns its head and looks up. Hey, Tommy. I don't know who does the voice for it, but it's really funny. It's very Seth Rogen type comedy in <laughs> with it and everything. So it's very lighthearted. And it, it's, there's a lot of Fargo-esque stuff because Seth Rogen plays the, uh, because it, it is all centered around the construction workers that got screwed by Tommy. Tommy had him in there doing his uh, bedroom and had, they had been working on it for a month, and he says, I don't like it. Get out. You're all fired. And Tommy was going to pay him. And he's like, and Seth Rogen is like, fuck this shit. He, he broke into his complex that night and stole his safe in his uh, garage. And his garage just happened to have the, uh, the safe, happened to have the sex tape in it. And then he brings it to Ron Swanson, you know, Ron Swanson mm-hmm. from yeah, Parks yeah. and Rex. And they play it, and they were like, holy shit, that's Pamela Anderson. <laughs> and that's how the whole thing starts and everything. And then it blows out of the uh, water. Because, is that a true story? Yeah, it's true. It is it's a true all, story. It's a complete true story of how the sex tape got that's out. That's how it got out? Yeah. Oh, crazy. And then they, Seth now Rogen they, started getting Now they pissed. release it on their own. Now people release their sex tapes. Seth Rogen's trying to blackmail him, but now people are making duplicates of the tape. He's he's sending them out over the internet and oh. not realizing. And he's getting angry at people on the street corner in New York for selling it. How'd you get this? This is mine. He's, no, it's not. You stole it. You pissed that I stole your stolen shit. <laughs> it's a really good uh, documentary. So, uh, documentary uh, series. So, we avoided it for a while, too. There's a lot of good stuff coming out uh, soon in the theater and in the... I watched a couple of good movies. Uh, let me pull up my list here. There was I've been going through what I consider the summer of Paul. I started a little bit early, but... I had never seen Wild at Heart, okay. the David Lynch mm-hmm. movie. Have you seen that? Yeah, long time ago. It's probably my favorite David Lynch movie really? now. It's so good. It's the most knew. logical one there is. There's nothing... The characters are still weird as shit, like David Lynch, but it's a logical... Boom, this happens. These two fall in love. These two uh, are make bad decisions, and uh, you can't really do that with a lot of David Lynch stuff. So I loved it. I also watched... Uh, do you remember Dolls, the 80s horror movie? Mm-hmm. The, I remember the cover. The cover had the girl with the yeah. two eyes that she was holding in her hands. Very hard. It's like an $80 DVD, but I uh, found a bootleg of it from some guy. And uh, it's it's awesome. I forgot how kind of campy and fun it was. I watched uh, Seconds. Now, that's the movie that I should have watched years ago. So do you know uh, Chevy Chase's dad in Christmas Vacation? I had a lot of help from Jack Daniels. 
you know, the guy who uh, he yeah. plays his dad in the thing. And he's young in this movie. And he, uh, there's a service that they're very kind of, uh, this is movie should have been done today, not in 1966. So it's 1966. It's black and white. He goes into a, a company and he's uh, almost like total recall. What am I paying for now? It's a service. Don't worry. You'll, you, uh, you're all right with this. And what you're doing is you're completely stripping yourself of your identity and you're paying a huge chunk of money and then they can find uh, – they find a cadaver that looks like you and that's how they fake your death. So they fake your death and then they bring in the the team of plastic surgeons that completely change your face. And they just basically – if you're tired of your life, you you go in. Start a new life? Your your wife thinks you died in a fire in a hotel, but you're actually this guy. So they change John – They give you a whole identity? Yeah. John Randolph is – he's older. He's in like his 50s and then they went through the plastic surgery and now it's Rock Hudson. And Rock Hudson – I haven't seen Rock Hudson in many movies. You know, you've heard about him. You knew he died Mm -hmm. of AIDS when he was younger. He's almost like a cross between Cary Grant. And uh, there's one famous one that I've seen a bunch of times. I can't, Pillow Talk's a big no. one with him. Uh, there's not many Rock Hudson movies that are huge, but this one's big. So he's got his new identity, but he doesn't feel right in his body. And it, it's it's so crazy. Uh, they have some really uh, weird, trippy scenes in the movie, but I loved it. It's one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Seconds. Cool. But speaking of favorite movies, here is where the fun gets in here, boys and We're girls. We're going to talk about golf. So, yeah, what we've done is we have each, me, Dave, and Justin. Justin's not here today. Justin will be here next week. If he was here, he's very quiet. Yeah, he's very quiet. (laughs) Uh, He's here in spirit, for sure. He's curious how this is going to work, too, because he hasn't started his first segment of Friday Favorites. So, weeks ago, I had, I, I have, for the last probably month or so or maybe two months i've had i made a list on my phone in the notes section of my 40 hun- years of my hundred yeah <laughs> it's been working in my head for 40 years but it's on paper now for the last few months i'm pretty months. sure it was on paper before. Nah, it might have been <laughs> a time or two but uh i have worked my hundred favorite movies now this is not what you think is the best movies ever made yeah, it's just your, it's your personal your hundred personal hundred th- favorites and I made the list, and I've been working on it, and I've been deleting stuff and adding it back in and deleting stuff and moving them around. And I have a question for you. Yes. How often does a new movie make it into that list? Uh, well, I'm still reworking the list. Like- I'm still reworking the list. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, one gets moved in there that wasn't on there before that I was surprised didn't make it. But I have a feeling that it gets less and less every week that it's going to be more concrete because now I can't look at it and be like, what am I going to delete? I just got to tell myself, it'll make the top 200. It's just not going to make the top 100. And I, and I can that live director's with, really sad. And I can live with that. And I've kind of separated mine by director just so I know personally how many are in there. The most director I have in my list is John Carpenter. Mm. I have five John Carpenter I had a guest him. I have four, uh, I have four, I think, um, who's a Spielberg. I have four Brian De Palma, four Francis Ford Coppola's, and then it starts tapering down to lower and lower. But it's been super fun that kind of have that list. And personally, without the pod, I've been doing something called Friday Favorites at the House, where I ask my wife, pick a number between 1 and 100, she does, and I just look at what the number is on my list, and I put it into the Blu-ray player, and I watch it. And I know, because it's one of my top 100 movies, that it's going to be a movie I like. I I love it. And uh, Most of the time, I'll work all the way through it. Sometimes I'll I'll jump to a couple of my favorite scenes if I don't have a whole lot of time, but it's been super fun. So I've kind of asked Dave and Justin to separately come up with their 100 list, 
And then what we're going to do for the next few months is, and I'm going to drop these pods on Friday, is we'll come on, we'll just catch up like we're doing right now, and then we're each going to pick a number for the other person. We're going to look at our list. We're going to decide. We're going to see what number that relates to, and we're going to be talking about that movie. And we'll be talking about two movies every pod, and just two one of your favorites and one of mine. So I say we go right off. I'll do you first, and then you can pick one number for me. So for you, I'll pick number thirty-two. Thirty-two, thirty-two, thirty-two. Oh, Beetlejuice. Ah, oh, see. See, I could talk Beetlejuice all day long. I, lo- I love it. I love it. Let me pull up my list here, and you'll do me, and then we'll uh, we'll uh, do it. Okay, what number you got? Let's go with hmm, thirty. Thirty. Oh, Dirty Harry, nineteen seventy-one. Nice. Hell's yeah, Beetlejuice versus Dirty Harry. <laughs> this is gonna be great for the photos that I put together and everything. <laughs> Who wins? <laughs> Who wins? This is two completely different movies you really could not have them any different you got one by uh tim burton released in uh now a lot of this some of this stuff if it gets really into our crawl we can look up online but i'll try to do most of it off the top of our head i'm pretty sure beetlejuice was released around like 85 86 87 it's gotta be maybe 88 though 88 88 there you go 1988 for beetlejuice and i'm pretty sure dirty harry was 71 and i'm pretty sure don is it Don Simpson uh, directed it? Why don't you pull up Dirty Harry and see who... Uh, Dan, Dan Spiegel? Don Spiegel, I bet. Let me pull it up here. Well, we'll talk about... We should talk about Beetlejuice first, and then we'll go into the uh, the big Dirty Harry one. But I wanted to pull up who the director was. Because this was one of the ones that uh, Clint Eastwood started directing all the ones he did. Definitely 71. I got that correct. Don uh, Siegel. Don Siegel. See, I was pretty close. What'd I say? Spiegel? Siegel? Smeagol? <laughs> Smeagol. <laughs> My precious. <laughs> All right, let's talk Beetlejuice, man. I, I love this pick. I love Beetlejuice. I'm excited that there's going to be a future to Beetlejuice. But do you remember, this was one of the classic ones that I was waiting at Videomania yeah. to rent. Yeah. This was, uh, we, we bought Michael it. Keaton was, oh, he was the shit. If there was ever In the late a... late 80s? If there was, yeah, he was killing it because, and this was before Batman, so... He, he was already killing it with some minor stuff. I mean, he kind of came on the scene with Night Shift, which I have to tell a lot of people about. No one knows about Night, Night, Shift. Night Shift. Money Pit. Uh, no, that was Tom Hanks. Not Money uh, Pit. Uh, Mr. Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom was a big one for him. I think Dream Team was probably after this. I think Dream Team was, <laughs> was in the he 90s. In, was he in Multiplicity? Oh, yeah. Multiplicity. Okay. Man. It's so great what's <laughs> gone to his career now, too. Like, now he's a Marvel star and he's a DC star. And he's killing it. It's like, it's, there's one thing to being in those movies, but he has kind of an aura with him that... Uh, that just, one he did about six, eight years ago where he walked naked in his underwear down... Oh, the Birdman. Bird yeah. Man. Well, and one of your favorites that could have easily been on this list is the Spotlight. Yep. He's so good in those types of movies, man. He was great in that. And uh, I just... There was another one. Oh, The Founder. Oh, God, I loved him in The Founder, man. He, have you was, yet, yet He was great that? in Jackie Brown. Oh yeah, I loved him. In Jackie His Brown. role in Jackie Brown was. I awesome. loved him in Jackie Brown. I what a great I, pick because remember he had kind of disappeared. That was for a when he came while. back. That was when he came back. That's what Quentin does. Quentin brings people He's back a to career life. Career reviver. Yeah, he really is. And I remember, and I think I had told you before that I read Jackie Brown, and I thought Michael Keaton was playing the uh, 
the De Niro character. Okay. So when I got in there, I was slightly disappointed, but he was so good, and De Niro was so good in that other role that I forgave it really quickly. But uh, yeah, Michael Keaton, I think if anyone ever had a complaint when we were growing up with Beetlejuice, it that he just wasn't in it as much as he could have been. And he was in it a good amount. But I mean, he was almost Jim Carrey-esque. Yeah. That's what it was. It was Jim Carrey kind of before the mask yeah. kind of came in there. Like he wasn't as over the top as Jim Carrey, but he was out there for oh, the yeah. whole role. And that was kind of different for him. He, were, I mean, get, being in the makeup probably helped. He was always on the verge of being that Robin Williams-esque, jumping on the couch, being a crazy man, but he kind of also <laughs> I'm contained himself. I'm a exorcist. Yeah. <laughs> I got demons running all through me. Uh, One of the most quotable scenes... movies. You can quote the movie. All his lines are quotable. And, I think my only uh, problem with it is not that he wasn't in it enough. It, is that that his big scene didn't come earlier, man. My God, when they finally said his name and went into the model, and that was when the Michael Keaton show like it's showtime. They they <laughs> they pulled that string in the back yeah. uh, in his back, and he just went off. Hey, we we shop at the same store. Hey, Hermano. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the whole I've seen The Exorcist 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. And this we talked if they when they redo this movie, he's gonna look exactly the same. Yeah, that's the beauty. He's of gonna it. have it's makeup on, and he's makeup, gonna look exactly the same. Don't change it. Don't change a fucking thing. Nothing. People are not getting that. They do not want you to update shit. They don't want you to. They just want if you're going to stay kind of faithful to the mirror uh, material stay faithful to the damn material you know and just talking about like tim burton what tim burton had done pre-88 i mean really we only knew him for peewee's big adventure i mean and if you were lucky enough to see frankenweenie this was pre-batman i think this was pre-edward scissorhands might have been around the same year. I think uh, Edward Scissorhands might have been 89. So people weren't as familiar with Tim Burton and, and Tim Burton's craziness because when you watch this movie, I mean, when you watch it now and you've seen all Tim Burton's stuff over the years, it's very Tim Burton. Sandworms. But in the, yeah, too. the sandworms <laughs> or different, the faces they kind of construct for themselves when they're in that nether uh, world. The lobby uh, of the of the nether world. Yeah. With the little guy with the shrunken head. Oh, and yeah, then, yeah. And the, Take a number, or even the woman who's, yeah. who's got the, the smoke, smoke coming out of her. Just the, he had the freedom to just kind of manipulate. It's a crazy script. When you just kind of look at it, and the, the characters that you put in it, the Catherine O'Hara character, it's probably the weirdest Catherine O'Hara character yeah. she's ever I mean, done. and the, the house was weird. The furniture was weird. The furniture weird. was funky. What, what was it? Uh, Wait, uh, what? what was the big dude's name? Otho. Otho. Yeah. You really Otho know me, great. Otho. Blue green. Yeah. <laughs> Not many people could read my mind. <laughs> or you have. But it was uh, kind of cool because Ed Rooney. The, we all knew Ed Rooney yeah, at that time. He was kind of fell off the table. He did some bad stuff. Yeah, I don't think he's come back from that too. I yeah. saw him in a couple things after it, but yeah, just it happened. I think during the Deadwood run, like the third season mm-hmm. of Deadwood, so he was kind of out of it afterwards. It's it's amazing how some people just disappear and some people don't. That that's I think. They found kitty porn, I think. So it's one of those things that's hard for people to wrap their head around yeah. afterwards. You know, it, you can you can forgive someone being an asshole over the phone to to their girlfriend or to uh, maybe shitting in a bed. I guess we'll see. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, but then uh, the great Winona Ryder, who I we've been watching Winona Ryder since Lucas. I mean, Lucas was yeah. probably the first thing we saw her, and she was super young. If you go back and watch Lucas, she's young. She she looks like she's about eleven, and she's probably. 13 or 14. I love Lucas, well, man. That's another when one. When did no- Lucas come out? Early 80s. It's got to be 82. 83, 84. 
Probably. So Winona Ryder is probably our, my age yeah. or your age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's your age. She, we had already seen her. I had Heathers. a huge crush on her. I'm pretty sure Heathers had come out before that. I had a huge crush on her from Heathers and then Pump Up. Well, not Pump Up the no. Um What was the other one she was in? Heathers was the big one. Well, you'll go really far into A Girl Interrupted. She was great in. That was more serious. Uh, she was in a couple of the She was still Bubba great in. I loved her in that. Yeah, she was great in uh, Yeah, when we're thinking younger... Edward Scissorhands. It almost was weird with her. I didn't connect her with a blonde as much as I yeah. did with her with that goth look. I love that goth look. And it really started a kind of a whole different thing. She was in Waking Life, wasn't she? One of the characters in Waking Life? No, she was in the other one. She was in that uh, the uh, Scanner Darkly. Oh. Yeah, the Scanner Darkly okay. she was in. She was really Was that the that same one. director? Yeah, same thing. The same painting, painting on, on, the, the uh, film. The, on the film quality. It was really great. Uh, that's, you want to trip out, watch, put that movie in. Yeah, that's what's and, his name from uh, Days of Confused. What was his name? Uh, Richard Linkletter okay. did that. Really great movie. That's a lot of... It, I think we that watched it. should have been it. on The Obscure. Back in the day, it probably should have been. Waking Life yeah. could have been. Waking Life, for sure. Skinner Darkly also is pretty obscure. Back in the day, that was the time when we were watching every indie movie that came out. And that's how we we found out about Sexy Beast or... This is all uh, like... Waking I Life. I don't think it was... It was probably pre-internet or we didn't use the internet. It was because more we of would a, go to here again and I would just... I would spend... You would probably spend a ton oh yeah. of time. Just go through every mouth. section. It was still word of mouth. you go to like the horror section and you just... Did, 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 did. I mentioned before that I remember at the video store when uh, Boondock Saints... And Donnie Darko were the biggest things in the world, and it was all word of mouth. But everyone, you couldn't keep them in there because people were like, "Have you seen this movie? Have you seen this movie?" It was crazy. But similar with Beetlejuice, we knew Beetlejuice was coming out on a certain day, so I was there ready to rent it because we weren't allowed it. They the, would put a sign up, yeah, on the door saying May third, it's coming out. Or releases whatever. would come out when. Yeah, and this would. We didn't. The only reason we didn't see it in the theater is because it fell in between that Christian school time where. What we were was the hardest movie you ever had Batman. to rent? It was hard to get it. Oh, hard to rent? Hard to get I thought it. you were going to say pissed off that you didn't get to see it in the movie because of the Christian school. No. That would have been Batman all day long. Yeah. But the hardest movie to rent yeah. and be able Do to you find. remember one? I was usually one of the first people there or I put it on reserve, so I okay. was the lucky fucker. Uh, and then when I worked at a video store, I, I it's free reign. Yeah. I, oh, I had the screeners. Once I found out a screener, that was a mind-blowing uh It's a perk of the job right there. A lot of people probably don't realize it. A lot of people listening might not even have been to video stores. But back when there were video stores where you had to rent movies. Can you movies, imagine that? You used to have to drive to a building uh, to, get, I love the, to get entertainment. I love walking around them, seeing that person coming out with a cart of ones that they just got returned so oh, you yeah, know yeah, the new yeah, ones yeah. were coming out. That's a good question, too, of what was hard to rent. And I know there was a lot of ones like that, but I just can't pinpoint one from back in the day that was like, I do shit. remember calling a bunch of times, asking if they had copies available, because I used to do that before we'd walk all the way down. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd call and say, hey, do you have... Uh, Hold it for me, or bring in a note from our mom. Like, Paul's, Paul's allowed, allowed to rent, to rent this, this R-rated movie, or Nightmare on And they used to just Paul's take that stuff. Yeah. I knew the people at the video store. Video Junction and Video Mania were our two video stores up north, and uh, I love. We would both walk them. for our entertainment. Oh yeah, it was. I would it walk. Was Thirty minutes. I walk. made friends with them. I bought posters from them and standees and everything uh, from the people that worked there. I got to know them. They knew me though uh, when I went to those places. So I'm I glad we it. had a good childhood. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think of that all the time. I feel bad because I kids. hear about people that grew up in foster homes. Like a couple of people I know talk about, you know, being poor. With single moms, yeah. I mean, I'm. We, I mean, we had a single mom, I guess, at the very end. I, <laughs> but <she. laughs> I, it's at least 
I don't. It's a lot better if you have kind of a uh, a difficult adulthood or adolescence. But man, that childhood is so precious to be perfect and everything. Yeah. I, I really hope people kind of give their kids those uh, that stuff. And I, the good thing about kids our age is they know what they had. They know well. They also know what they can't be allowed to do. And it was like open the door, get the fuck out, come back when it gets dark out. And that was our. Mantra. You used to be able to do that. Yeah. And Which was, was fine. We were all completely fine with it unless we had a just renting a movie or a video game. If we hadn't done that, we were going to go outside anyways. Whatever. Yeah. See ya. <laughs> and I could always do what we were going to do at our house, at Eric's house, at any of our friends' house, whatever we were hanging out with. People used great, to like so. to come to our house because we were sort of electronic central before everybody had cable yeah. before everybody had VCR. Yeah, we got like lucky. That. We, got we lucky always got that. that stuff first. And our parents were all about all the movie channels and demand movies being rented and stuff like that. So. I think she told me the other day, and I think I told you this, but not on the podcast. We got a microwave oven. Yeah. And remember, Grandpa Haggy came over and built a shelf for it? Yeah. Uh, so that was like 85, 86. It was like a pre-microwave. It was literally about half the size of an oven. Yeah. On a shelf. Massive. Big 1800 bucks. Yeah. Back then, that back then, back their then mortgage could, was three hundred a month. You could have bought a car for that back then, uh, uh, easily. Yeah, easily, easily, a nicer car, easily. So I don't know how much more Hun- money they were making. They were doing Hyundai. On that. Hyundai Sonatas came out there, or Hyundai. I forget what the first. They had one in Mansfield. Buy one, get one free. Thirty six hundred bucks. And you, we were doing the same thing with the microwave back then as you're doing it now. Just reheating leftovers and yeah. popcorn. Yeah, maybe coffee. We were making instant coffee back Where then. Where you, you would put it in there, and I remember. I don't remember that. drinking coffee until I got a lot older. No, I, I remember young. And I remember dad, I remember where I was standing right outside that door to go into the uh, the living room from outside, you know, the uh, the living room that used to be the garage, mm-hmm. standing right outside the door and having a coffee, drinking it. And he said, if, you, if you're going to drink coffee, at least drink it with no sugar. And I was like, I don't like it without sugar. He said, go two weeks without sugar. I guarantee you won't like it. And he was right. And I did it without sugar. And then I haven't had sugar in my coffee since then. I can't. <laughs> I love his I, rationale. If you're going to drink it, drink it without sugar. <laughs> I, I'll i spit it out yeah. if I grab one oh, yeah, by yeah, yeah. mistake. No, I can't do it. And it won't even be like... Yeah. My brain won't even say, this is bad, spit it out. Yeah. I'll just automatically spit it out. Now, I can drink like a frappuccino or even a that, cappuccino man. or something, but in my head, that's not coffee, so it's like it's something different. Anyways, let's go back. Let's talk about like your favorite scenes, because I think that's kind of our, our kind of mantra when we're talking about these movies. We'll talk about like kind of where the impact on your life with them, the, I the actors involved. favorite scenes, I'll tell you a few of them. No, just, yeah, some of your favorites. I mean... We didn't even mention Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, who yeah, were. who were the stars. Yeah, you go the back and look at Alec Baldwin in this role, unrecognizable. Yeah, unrecognizable. Thin, super thin. Yeah, and we remember him that for a long time. Yeah, I mean, he, I went back and rewatched. I mean, he some was a scenes. sex symbol for a long time, man. Uh, we lost the great uh, Fred Ward this last since the last pod, and I went back and I rewatched uh, a bunch of Fred Ward stuff. Uh, Remo Williams, obviously, but Miami Blues is one of those ones. Mm-hmm. That people sleep on, man, and not only is he good, but you get that thin Alec Baldwin playing yep. a kind of a, a almost a sociopath in that movie. See, finger gets shot off or something. Several of his fingers get chopped off at the end by yeah. the woman at the uh, pawn shop, and he just scoops them into his pocket yeah. and just takes off. And then the last ten minutes of the movie, he just doesn't have fingers, man. It's a brutal movie, man. Remember that he steals oh, Fred yeah. Ward's teeth. But seeing him in Beetlejuice, it was it was great to see him in that role, you know? They were very wholesome. And the cool thing about Beetlejuice is you didn't know what was going on. Yeah. It was a whole initially. new kind of 
fantasy kind of yeah. thing happening for for the first time viewer. So you sure. kind of discovered what was going on, spoiler alert, yeah. that they had died in the car crash. And they went back home like nothing happened. They were soaking wet. Um, so you didn't know what was going on. And then you started to learn more as they started He saw the commercials more. for them. Bring the kids down here. We got plenty of snakes and lizards for them to play with. There's no problem with that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but when they... <coughs> excuse me. I wanted to see if this was... Yeah, see, this was pre-Candyman. So the idea that he had to say his name three mm-hmm. times. Candyman uh, sold that. Candyman said five times, I think it was. And that was uh, 92. What, you got to really want Candyman. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Biggie Smalls, Biggie Smalls. <laughs> I just love that he he gets halfway to the concert and then and then he keeps calling yeah, him yeah. back. He can't get there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the idea that you had to say his name three times. Yeah. So them. when they first go into the model, yeah, and they meet him, that's hilarious. Probably the best scene of the movie. Probably the best scene in the movie. I mean, he had so many one-liners, and it was like and a three-minute like roller coaster ride of Michael Keaton. Yeah. Just Crazy. If He's I was like gonna, a used car salesman, yep, trying to sell you on his on his it's a bio exercise. That's the perfect example of him as a used car salesman because he will not let them walk away. Yeah, hey, what do I, how do I get the seal of D exactly, here, guys? Yeah, come on, exactly. <laughs> let's make and a deal. So he wants to come. So this new family is moving into their home and they're pissed. Yeah, they thought they were gonna. They thought they were dead, but they could at least yeah be live, live in their, live their whole life in their a whole life dream house dream house. But no, the house got sold. So um, Jeffrey. Uh, um, not Tambor. No, Jeffrey. Jeffrey uh, uh, damn. That's why I got to pull this uh, R ones up here. Let me pull my. I got them. Okay, I'm gonna pull my next one up just so I'm not stumbling for Jeffrey it. Jones. Jeffrey Jones. Uh, Catherine O'Hara. Are the parents and Winona Wire is the kid, and she's sort of like a goth kid. Yeah. I don't know if goth was a thing. Yeah, she at that might point. have been like must, the first goth one of the kid, first. really. So she was like a goth kid. So she was a little bit more in tune with what was going on because. Basically, she could see him too. I she, mean, that was well. The, that she was couldn't kind see him at first because the uh, they found the hand. Remember, they found the handbook, and then their their lady, the smoking lady, shows up. Yeah, and, smoking and lady says you got to come. <laughs> you know, you got to get processed. Yeah, yeah. So they go to the office where they where the guy he goes. How do I look? I'm feeling a little flat. I'm feeling a little flat. <laughs> <laughs> the handbook for the recently deceased. Yeah. And they, like, don't ever let this out of your sight. Yeah. Now that's mm. the prequel they could do. They could just do that netherworld, oh, yeah. really, and just go into different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could do like a younger version of the woman with the smoking, and just see all the different people they interact with. I think that would be an interesting kind of way into it, kind of thing. So. They would probably do more of a Winona Ryder as the mother now. And well, then, because remember, if they do it as a prequel, I think it's almost better because he used to, they used to work together. Used, the girl, the smoking true. woman and Beetlejuice, he's like, oh, we used to work together, but we had to part ways. Just covering the idea of when they used to work together back in the day. I mean, it's kind of ballsy because you're putting Michael, uh, not only are you putting Michael Keaton back in the movie, you're going to make him younger instead of older because I mean, you can do, you do that the now. Makeup right. You can't see the shit. Even with makeup, they you could probably pass that off as... Mm-hmm. Uh, is nice. I, I love how there was never. Uh, I mean, if you were a Dune fan, you definitely made the correlation of between sandworms in Dune and sandworms in this. Except the the cool looking ones in this when their mouth split open. It was cool because it used like claymation yeah. almost. For Re- them. Really though, I mean, everything was interesting as shit all the way up until yeah. Michael Keaton got there, and then it would just went next level. Once we saw Michael Keaton, we were like, oh my God, we need to get back to Michael Keaton as much as possible. The dinner, party, way too, like, the the dinner, dinner party, party was really cool. That might be Obviously my, uh, the, the my end scene with the scene. wedding. I love the end scene with the wedding. 
Uh, it's so many great scenes. I love when he turns into the uh, the snake. Rare for oh, your yeah. daughter, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then he becomes like the railing yeah, the and railing, everything. Yeah. There was some creepy, very similar to like Joe Dante's earlier stuff. Tim Burton's got like a very dark side with some of his artwork, which is teetering on a level of scaring the One shit of them out cut of his own, uh, Alec Baldwin cut his own head off and was holding it, remember? Yeah, there was some creepy images or when she pulled her face off just the way it looked underneath. When If you're a real little kid watching this, very similar to we just watched uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure the other day. Oh yeah, Large March. Uh, Large March. When Large March came out, I'm like, that's kind of a scary thing oh, in 1985 yeah. for kids and everything. So, uh, Joe Tante was the same way. Watch Twilight Zone, the movie, and uh, the 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 episode he did with the little kid who got hit by the uh, the bike on the bike, and they brought back to the family who was all you know. Yarly Smith doesn't have a mouth, and did you like run that. through the video game? That's a creepy ass sequence, man. And that's all Joe Dante. It's very Joe Dante. If you look at that, and then you look at the cowboy changing in inner space, or if you look at the howling. Where uh, where Robert Ricardo's turning into it, they all are very similar. Those guys keep that similar type effects that they really like. I mean, it's a good calling card. I'm wondering if Joe Dante was an artist earlier in his life or if he just used the same guy. Because with Tim Burton, he was an artist. Me and my wife got lucky enough to be in New York one year where his personal exhibit was on uh, display at the MoMA. And you went through it. And you could tell there's not like one piece that doesn't look like his other stuff. You can really identify Tim Burton type stuff in everything. It helps when the music is the same. We went through, uh, I went down a rabbit hole the other day and watched all the uh, uh, the Danny Elfman Coachella stuff, and then I went and watched a lot of his uh, his, or- his full orchestra playing to Batman and everything like that. And man, his music is just next level. And same with Beetlejuice. That Beetlejuice music is a great theme. If you think about, I remember back in the day where I used to hold my boombox up to the television to record things. I did it with stand-up specials. I did it with, but one thing I did it with was uh, original scores. So at the end of Batman, I put the thing up and I recorded Danny Elfman's score and I did it with Midnight Run. I did it with Star Wars and I just put them all on an audio tape and I would just listen to them over and over again. Well, Beetlejuice was on there. I loved it. Once that credits hit and that Danny Elfman theme hit, it was so good, man. I would love to go do one of those, you know, uh, see the orchestra playing in front of the, the movie that's playing in the background. Oh, okay. They, they do that now. I, I know they did it with Harry Potter somewhere recently. They probably did it recently. with Lord of the Rings. Oh, I would love to see that. And that's something I, my wife would be totally game for because of the orchestra and everything. It doesn't really matter that it's a movie. Uh, but it's interesting as hell to me. Yeah, my, my favorite scenes would definitely be – they would definitely be all the stuff with uh, – with Michael Keaton, but that doesn't take away from the stuff with like the stuff with Catherine O'Hara. I loved. I, I she was crazy. If you don't if let, you don't me, let gut, me gut this house and make, make it, it my, my own, own, I will I go can. insane and take you with me. I mean, this is pre Shit's Creek kind of uh, Catherine she O'Hara. Just, she's just awesome. She just kept getting better and better roles. She was Second and... City too, so she had been trained in like uh, in Canada with like that Saturday Night Live that was uh, the Canadian Saturday Night Live with Rick Moranis and John Candy and Joe Flattery and all those guys. So uh, Eugene Levy. So and now she's kind of connected with Eugene Levy and almost everything now. So, uh, yeah, she's awesome. I was just two really left impressed. Feet. Literally has two left feet. And they could have gotten everyone. I'm not, I don't think they're going to get Jeffrey Jones for the new one. That just doesn't, they're not going to do it. But they could get everybody else for this, for this movie. They're all still alive. I don't know if Ortho's alive. Otho's alive. But uh, certainly Catherine O'Hara would come back. Rona Ryder certainly would come back. And Michael Keaton 
And that's really all you would need. <laughs> Alec Baldwin, I don't know about, though. That's another one. Alec Baldwin. Gina Davis would come back, but I'm not sure about Alec Baldwin. The scene when he, he was running, Ortho was running away, and he, like, oh, yeah. he, like, was it plaid or Den- yeah. denim or Brooks Brothers or something? Yeah. He was like wearing a tailored suit designer label, yeah. and they put him in, and he, like, that oh, was what he freaked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that whole scene when Michael Keaton came back at the end and kind of took Catherine, made uh, Catherine O'Hara's statues come to life and kind of hold them mm-hmm. uh, together yeah, as the witnesses yeah. for the wedding. Winona Waters, was her mouth was, she threw like a. Yeah, he threw it. He threw uh, like a Gina Davis put like at first put like a zipper yeah. on it, and then car- she unzipped her own mouth and said Beetlejuice, and then he did that like weird scream, and then yeah. threw like a a bl- uh, like metal a metal plate, bar, yeah, a metal plate on her mouth and everything. So and great. then he like mimicked Winona Ryder's voice. <laughs> yeah. I take this man of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I'm gonna have to watch this movie later on. It's just one of those fun movies that I can put on anytime, and it's just carefree and really great. Good pick. All right. So that is uh, the very first uh, Friday favorites movie ever picked is Beetlejuice. It's going to go down in history, man. I'm sure. I know. So mine, 1971's Dirty Harry, man. I love Dirty Harry. Completely the opposite movie. Yeah, completely opposite. (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure if I have... It's very possible. I don't want to go through my list right now. But it's very possible that Magnum Force is also on this list because I love Magnum Force. But man, something about Dirty Harry is just so great. It, I'm really into 70s movies right now. I've been going through a lot of great 70s movies. I just bought one where uh, Albert, Albert uh, what's the guy from Just Shoot Me? The boss. He's really great. I, can't, I know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. I can't remember his name right he was, now. He was wasn't he the, the he was father of one of, your, one of your favorite TV shows? Uh, well, just shoot me. He's the father in it. And he's the grandfather in the Goldbergs. But there's a movie where he's a junkie. And I just got it from the 70s really? where he's super young. Uh, I can't remember. Blue, not Blue Collar. That was another movie I got with Richard Pryor and like uh, and Harvey Keitel. So I've been going through all these random 70s movies I'd never heard of. The Friends of Eddie Coyle. And uh, and really, 1971, this was when start, stuff started kicking. If you watch Dirty, that first Dirty Harry, it really encapsulates the 70s. And grungy filmmaking more than any other movie. Well, I have, I must have seen it a half a dozen times before I realized it has connection with the Zodiac. Yeah. This was a movie I watched up on Park Street when I wasn't allowed to watch it. Yeah. Lots of nudity on it. I remember specifically watching it with the remote in my hand, waiting for that to door, change the to, the door to open yeah. to, to change the channel. All you had to do is set it you hit recall. Yeah, you hit recall and everything, but... I, 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 we were a lot more concerned with getting caught with it than I think that our parents were concerned about us watching it. They, didn't they just didn't want to know about it. They didn't want to know about it. They want to be in the room. They didn't want to be uncomfortable with it. Yeah. It was always the sex. It wasn't the violence really uh, involved in it. And It was never the violence. It, no, it was never the violence. Uh, I mean, if it was the violence that's today, maybe it would have been somewhat the violence. They're not, they're not pulling a bone tomahawk where they're slicing people from uh, growing up and everything in movies back then. Yeah, they might have frowned on that. Yeah, they, I think they would have probably frowned but on gunshots. something like that. And this was a, and with seventies movie, the blood was not realistic whatsoever in this movie. Yeah, it looked like paint. It's like way uh, too red. This movie and George, uh, George Perez, George uh, Romero's uh, original Dawn of the Dead. Whew, that blood there, horrible. They, yeah. Even Tom Savini said it was 3M. 3M was the company that made it. <laughs> like, did they even make ink and paint back then? I thought they were just post-its and shit like that. No, uh, they've always been a chemical-based Chemical, chemical kind of stuff, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and like you said, the uh, the connection with Zodiac made it really interesting. It's it's one of the best cop movies ever made. They it's, pulled a lot of elements from it, it. It's one of the best showcasing of San Francisco. They showcase mm-hmm. all of San Francisco in this movie. The music, the music in this movie was very like disco tech, almost pre disco, because disco really officially only was around for like four or five years, like seventy five to eighty, I think, is when, when disco was really around. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know it was such a short time, but this had that like that 70s almost porn what we considered like yeah porn music back in the day uh through the whole thing and it even like they hit notes that were like unsettling. Do you remember the scene where and so Clint Eastwood obviously he's he's Dirty Harry he's the cop he's 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 got. He's got problems with authority. I mean, in all of them, there is a specific thing that he's doing. In this one, he is chasing what is basically the Zodiac killer. Mm-hmm. In the second one, he's dealing with the, uh, the which is Magnum Force. He's dealing with the rogue cops. And the third one, which is the Enforcer, I'm not as familiar with that one. I know it. it's the one with uh, Ty Daly as his partner. Well, Tightrope wasn't part Sudden, of that series. Tightrope wasn't part of that series. He wasn't Dirty Harry in that. Sudden Impact was the one with but his. But it might as well have been a Dirty Harry movie. Very close, but he was a he was a lot shittier of a guy in that okay. movie. It, it wasn't like the Dirty Harry. I think he tried to separate himself. It was still a good movie. Uh, Sudden Impact was good. Sudden Impact was the one with uh, "Go ahead, make my day." That's where that line was. And I love Deadpool. Deadpool came out at a good time in our life where it was on demand, and we watched it. And uh, Welcome to the Jungle was on it, and everything. So I was always a Dirty Harry movie. I'm surprised they never touched those movies. Those are the five. That's all there is. There is no remake of Dirty Harry. There's no. He probably has a lot to he, say. He about must that. have owned the rights to it now, possibly. He probably bought him. Don Siegel did the first one, and I know for a fact he directed Deadpool, but I'm not sure about the other ones. For a while there, he was directing all his flicks. And uh, if you go movie to movie, it's probably one of my favorite actors is Clint Eastwood because I just like so many of the movies he's in. Um, that's one of the movies I, I was not able to squeeze into my top 100 was Unforgiven. And I, That's tough. And I, I still look at it, and I'm like, why? It needs to be on there. It would be on yours, I'm, I'm assuming. It would It'll probably, probably be, be on mine. Because they would be very, like, it's funny that we started with a comedy with mine, but there'd be very few comedies yeah, on mine. Yeah, it's true. There might be 15 comedies. Yeah. And this is definitely, this is was the probably the first thing we saw Andrew Robinson in. And Andrew Robinson made a career playing kind of a scumbag. And he was just really good at it. I mean, as that Zodiac killer, he was so good in this movie, man. And there was there's a lot in this movie that would not be. He was in the Sydney Portier movie we just saw. Was he one of the hikers? Uh, yeah, Shoot to Kill. He was great in okay. Shoot to Kill. I loved him as uh, on uh, as Frank's brother in Hellraiser. Yep, he was the one who was. Uh, he played oh, yeah. the least creepy character in all of Hellraiser, mm-hmm. which is a which, ma- is, which is a major feat yeah. <laughs> for anybody to pull off. Uh, but this movie kind of kicked off right at the beginning, where very similar to the Zodiac. I mean, you'd be able to tell the differences between what it uh, is, and I'm we're gonna get probably several more Zodiac movies before it's all said and done. Uh, but with Andrew Robinson, it was the start of he was just picking people off with his rifle, specific groups of people, and then he was sending in uh, letters to Mm -hmm. the police force telling them about it, and then he gave himself the name similar to Zodiac. Scorpio. Scorpio is what they called him in this movie, but Zodiac is basically what it was. I love the police chief in this movie, too. Uh, The guy from uh, I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. (laughs) He was great in that. I got him pulled up here, so I should pull his his name up. Uh, Vern something, isn't it? It's something V. Oh, yeah, Vernon. John Vernon. He was so good at that role, man. Uh, I yeah, Andrew Robinson's still uh, doing real good. I loved uh, his partner in this, who was also the partner from Cobra. 
uh, the San Francisco uh, Rennie Police Santoni. Department does not pay criminals yeah. not to commit crimes. Why do they call you Dirty Harry? Because I always get the shit end of the stick. <laughs> uh, and then, like, I love when... What was his... He was a 44 Magnum? 44, yep. Okay. Yep. And, uh, man, it was crazy. I love him... I love any time, and this is really a good script move, too, with him being partnered with the new guy at the beginning of the movie. And they were like, ah, oh, you know, I don't worry. You know what happened to my other partners and everything? This guy's in the hospital. That guy can't walk straight. And he goes through the list of them, and he says, we don't care, Harry. We're getting complaints all over the city about you doing stuff. And remember that great line that they uh, made fun of in Naked Gun, where he's like, I, won't, I don't want to see what happened last year in the uh, the East District. He says, yeah, well, if I see a, uh, a naked guy with a heart on chasing a woman with a butcher's knife, I kill the bastard. That's my policy. <laughs> uh, do you remember in Naked Gun where he says, Basically the same line, but the uh, the mayor uh, the mayor says that was a reenactment of Julius Caesar in the park, you asshole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he, he breaks in that new partner at the beginning, but it's such a great script element because he doesn't know Harry along with the viewer. So we're getting to know what he does, what his style is, how he kind of breaks rules, but not really. I mean, he just kind of rounds the edges of the rules. He's not going so far where he's just planting weapons and shit like that on people but he's certainly doing stuff he shouldn't be doing remember i love the scene where he's peeping in the windows trying to find uh different things and they have him do other jobs besides the the zodiac killer throughout remember when he gets the jumper off mm-hmm. the uh the roof he goes up there and just punches him in the face and drags him down yeah you wanted him down he's down <laughs> which is kind of a precursor to the lethal weapon scene yeah. But really when the movie started taking off, when it was like that one-on-one, when he made him chase him through the city was, well, their initial, yeah, no, it led up to the cross scene at the park. So he gets him on the phone or in the letter to the police. They say, I've kidnapped a girl. She has about 30 hours of oxygen and then she's going to die. I want this specific Harry Callahan to, uh, to, call me on this phone at a certain time uh, at night. So he meets him at the, the thing. And he's being tailed by his partner, his new partner in the car. And uh, he's he wants to run him all over the city, all like John McCain style. There's so many movies that kind of copied this Dirty Harry style, like when he was running uh, Dirty Harry... Uh, Die Hard 3, Samuel Jackson and John McClane all over the city doing those kind of cool riddles. But in this movie, it was like, you need to get to this station in 10 minutes. You better run. And he barely gets there. And then he gets to the next one. He says, all right, you got to get to Union Station or wherever uh, within this time. And then he ends up running into a gang that he has to, like, punch and get the hell out of there. So he gets there late and he hangs up on him. And uh, so he finally gets to the uh, to that cross. It's one of my favorite reactions to someone getting stabbed. Do you remember when Andrew Robinson gets stabbed in the leg at the cross? He he just screams so crazy. And then it's that whole chase scene with the the machine guns in in that whole park area and everything. And I love at that point, you know it's on with Andrew Robinson. And you realize he doesn't give a shit. Remember he hires the black guy to beat the fuck out of him? I was going to say, that was one of my... So he must have got... He got arrested and must have got out on bail Mm. for... For the first thing, yeah, I think he broke his rights, or he, he he did something where he could they couldn't hold him on it. Yeah, so they were so he was trying to frame Callahan yeah. for beating him up. Yeah. So he, I love when he does it too, and they seize him. He says, "Anyone can tell yeah. and tell yeah. I didn't do that. That's too well done. He looks too good. Yeah, he looks too good. <laughs> yeah. I didn't do that shit. <laughs> and I think his mm. his higher ups knew, but it was like, hey, what are you gonna do? You know, he was in the media. Yeah, and it was it's 
all this stuff with Andrew, uh, I mean, like I said, the tone in this whole movie is what really kind of sold me as a fan from it. Because one of the letters that Zodiac said is that he had a bolt-action rifle. Yeah. He was going to shoot the tire out on a bus, and he was going to pick the little kitties as they come bouncing off. Yeah. And so that's the scene in Zodiac where Jake Gyllenhaal starts driving his kid to school. Yeah. Because nobody wanted to ride the bus. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And uh, so th- he never did it. But in this Zod- movie, they Zod- did show him yeah. do it. Yeah. In, in the Zodiac, never did it. He, in fact, he wrote a letter later on. He's like, "If you think I was going to kill school kids, you're stupid." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else, I'll kill. But whatever. Yeah. Lover sitting out at the uh, on the park. He didn't ever. He killed the women. Yeah. He liked the, all the men lived. All the men lived. Really? Yeah. The one at the lake lived. The one in the first scene in the car lived. Damn. The only man that died was the cab driver, and he was blown. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I, the scene in Dirty Harry when he gets on the bus, it's, it's really difficult to watch. Um, I really would love the to see it. I would love to see a behind-the-scenes thing, because I'm sure Andrew uh, Robinson is a sweet motherfucker. Yeah. He probably Singing sat there songs with the kids. With the kids I like to think of that he sat with the kids, and he's like, all right, I'm going to be scary, but I want you guys to know you're not in trouble. We're just play-acting and everything. Because he was a... Because I, I hear stories about directors or and I don't want to rip on anybody like Rob Reiner but like Rob Reiner (laughs) that's exactly where I was going and I don't know why because there's probably more people that have done way worse stuff than Rob Reiner but But Rob Reiner made made four little kids cry right before they were going to run on and stand by me right where all four of those kids right the train scene he wasn't buying that they were scared so he screamed you are fucking up my movie and he got right in their face and screamed at him and I think Jerry O'Connell said he said I started crying immediately it just it bothered me big time I just got screamed at and and he said action and they ran and that look of Jerry O'Connell crying as he's going he just got bitched screamed at I, I hate to think that's how they got that performance but there was some scenes where he was screaming at those kids i'm gonna kill your mommies and daddies and <laughs> i'm like well, oh my was, god uh, dude there was a story that came out that it, it was either jerry o'connell or it was will wheaton but i think it was will wheaton oh yeah i saw the makeup he was being he was being abused by his parents yeah or something jerry o'connell bullied will wheaton in no, a no, way no 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 there, there was something about that though because i know jerry o'connell had to uh it was brought but up I on think a live interview. one of the home lives was really okay horrible like he was being abused during, like stand by me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jerry O'Connell like st- uh, said he was sorry on Twitter, and he never knew. And yeah, Will Wheaton he- must have been his home life must have been bad or something. Yeah. I think that's what it was. It wasn't direct, uh, like uh, Jerry O'Connell like being mean to him. I don't think. I think they all got along on that side. I think they did, but. They all just wanted to kill Rob Reiner. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's anyway, on the bus, man. And uh, you, you know all these... Someone jumped on that bus from the overpass, uh, too, because uh, not Clint Eastwood, but Clint Eastwood uh, ended up on that bus. And I love the the bookend. Like, at the beginning of the movie, we got to see where, where he's eating the hot dog and he sees the bank being robbed across the street and he goes across the street while he's still eating his hot dog and he shoots two people and he gets the car and his one guy is on the ground reaching for his gun and it's that guy that black guy that he uses in every one of his movies uh, I know for, what you're for thinking while, yeah for a <laughs> while there he was using it because he killed him in Magnum Force he was the guy that was killed by the cop that pulled him over remember he pulled uh, he we saw him put Drano down. He was a pimp that put Drano down his like hooker's mouth the night before. And you saw him driving around town. And he gets pulled over by a motorcycle cop. He hands the motorcycle cop his ID with like a $100 bill on top of his ID. And uh, the cop 
uh, I don't know if it was David Soul or if it was uh, the guy from Ice Pirates, but he just shot him right in the face, man. So he's been in several of Clint Eastwood movies, but that, that scene in Dirty Harry, I gots to know. Yeah, that was the best. <laughs> Click. And that they redid it, though. So they clicked, and he realized that Harry had been out of bullets. So to bring that full circle to yeah. the end and have him say that line once again to Zodiac. And Zodiac was thrilled, man. He had no problem going for it, you know, because he was just, like, living on the edge. And then to know that Harry had one more and just boom. And like all Harry, Dirty Harry movies, every single Dirty Harry movie ends with the uh, – with the That guy getting shot? No, with the crane shot. Yep. Going back, oh, yeah, I yeah. think it's done. I'm not sure it's done with, with the, a crane or with a down helicopter. With the docks for yeah, the, the docks was done. On I Magnum just remember Force. like when he got shot, that bullet was so didn't spin him around. Oh yeah, it just like, pulled him back into the water. Yeah. Remember he was on the dock. Yeah. He had grabbed that little kid who was just fishing there. That little kid's like, "What the fuck is going on, man?" It was like no one was safe in those early '70s mm-hmm. movies, man. They, they killed a lot of bystanders. The, the violence, the blood. You you just knew you were going to see something shocking. And we grew up in the '70s, but we have like little images of it. Most of our I mean, 70s, I was seven is when the 70s ended yeah so you have memories of it for sure but our memories are almost more fashion and uh decor in people's houses you know yeah those old like christmases yeah christmases and the old traditional uh santa claus uh decorations and everything how seven seven years old you're you're what are you in i was 75 so i was still but what year what year in school are you usually second grade in what seven year old when you're seven years old I think, yeah, I guess you've already gone through so 12th, so first second, second grade, grade. So 10 grades later, you're yeah. in 12th grade, yeah. you're 17. It's crazy. So it's tw- second. Yeah, so all those... Because uh, uh, I remember second grade, Mr. Simmons, he was my second Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you remember, to, you remember first grade, I'm sure. He used to pay me to uh, shine his shoes after him. What That's not even his name either. <laughs> no. I would fill the Coke machine and shine his shoes and, and he'd give me like 50 cents. That's crazy. That's a good deal. I was an entrepreneur even that's, back that's then. That's a good deal, man. man. And I got a free Coke. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't get molested. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's dirty. Harry, <laughs> you like gladiator movies, David? <laughs> <laughs> I knew all about that shit. <laughs> so yeah, Beetlejuice against freaking Dirty Harry. Both great movies. I, I love both of them, man. Uh, Beetlejuice is not on my top 100, but it's probably on my top 200 for sure. I, I, I it's love a lot it. of sad movies. That's what on, I'm interested in seeing, which uh, what would be on your top 100 compared to what's not. I'm not sure if Dirty well, Harry's see. on your... You can uh, guess. Yeah, I'm not sure if Dirty Harry's on your top 100 or not, but um, you don't know. I don't know. Uh, or Justin, you know. What I happens know if you pick working. the movie we already talked about? We have to pick again. Well, we should probably work something out where it's a mulligan, where it's uh, like a. I mean, I'm I'm guessing you're not going to pick. The like, same if I number. had Dirty Harry on my list in three weeks from now, yeah. and picked it, we'd have to have you'd have to pick again, right? Yeah, we would probably give you a. Mulligan. Do you win a point? We'll do. We'll for do picking like, the one we've done already. Yeah, I don't know. Well, what's even better is if we both have something in the top hundred, we both pick it for the other person. That would be at crazy. the same day. That the would same be. Day. We'd have to go. We'd have to talk. We'd, we'd have to talk just about that movie because it. Yeah. And just give it the whole hour because that. That's, that's just so such a, improbable. It's so improbable because improbable that would I don't put mine in any order. Like Except if you picked my, my number one movie, it's not number one. Mine is, and so don't pick one through five unless you're. I was gonna pick a hundred. My first guess was going to say to pick your 100 because I, I wanted to know. I know what my number 100 is. Because I know you would have thought about the last movie on your list. Either that's one that you've added out and back in and out and back in. It's a good one. I could tell you what it is. Don't tell I don't, I don't want you to. Because uh, then I'll pick might, it. You might pick it. So I'm going to leave it. I'm going to pick it uh, anyway. I mean, my number one is definitely in Big Trouble in Little China. But if you were going to pick number one or number two, it's Big Trouble in China. It's Jaws. It's probably Blade Runner. probably next. Karate Kid. You're giving up your list, Escape man. from New Stop York Stop giving up. There. Well, the first five, I probably would avoid on everyone's list because I can like Justin's 
I assume one or two is Last Dragon. So unless I wanted to talk about Last Dragon, it just makes sense to just My pick. number one is has nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's just, just as easy to pick number 42 or whatever. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm interested in what people are kind of throwing in the middle there. That's why I love doing this on Fridays when I'm actually watching a movie at the house because I could easily put either of our movies on there. So if you want to listen, if you want to hear about Plague Dog, just pick <laughs> <laughs> Plague Dog is number one on your list. Yeah. <laughs> number one with a bullet, motherfucker. <laughs> Love that flick. <laughs> I saw that it's on Tubi. It, it's Does on it? that free service. I'm like, I can't do it, man. I said I almost wanted to put it on an obsessed with the obscure, just to like when you and me it's were a, doing it, just to it's fuck a good with Justin. Mo- have you seen it? <laughs> no, I can't. It's a good it. movie. I'm sure it is. <laughs> no, it really is. Okay, I'm sure it is. <laughs> it's just dark. It's just really yeah, it's dark. It's dark. It's yeah. really dark for cartoon if you like <laughs> cartoons that are like happy with uh, with stuff this is not this that is cartoon. not the one for you no <laughs> if you don't like animals being harmed oh uh, yeah well this who is does, the one's man? not for you who does? nobody does but no it's one. a cartoon yeah I guess they actually i mean they're trying to get away that these two dogs have escaped <laughs> dog, this is a play dog two dogs me. escaped from a no, medical no, no. research facility where they were doing bad things to these dogs <laughs> And they just run into the worst luck of trying to get away. If you didn't hear anything Dave just had, it's just because I put in happy music while he was telling yeah. me to log on for it. <laughs> Thank me for, uh, for keeping you from Plague that. Plague dog. <laughs> yeah, don't put on your 100. That'll just be shocking if any of us pick it. I think it. it's the same guy that did Watership Down, but I'm not sure. It makes sense if it is, because that's obviously the animated rabbit one and everything. Is it old, the Plague Dogs? Old. Is it old? 70s. Then? It's in the 70s? Oh, I, I assume that was someone being clever in the 90s no. that came out with that so, yeah. <laughs> it's better that it came out in the 70s oh that's funny man you know i got showing up on uh, dvd i think either today or monday is uh oh god the original oh yeah i have number two but i haven't seen that first one in so long it's not in the 70s it's 82 82 damn man i probably got some fucking how you worked into plague dogs talking about it on this pod i don't know how but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, so yeah, if you want to uh, stick with us, it'll be great because these next couple of weeks or our uh, next couple of months uh, that we're doing, this is going to be awesome. We're going to talk about uh, movies that everyone loves. Everyone's got good feelings about. So, and it's interesting to see what random ones we pick. So uh, I'm glad we uh, did this one. Me and Justin are going to come back with you next week. We're going to see what one, one of my other favorites are and one of one of Justin's favorites are for uh, Friday favorites. If you want to hit us up on Facebook, tell us what some of your hundred, what, is a definite on your hundreds list or if tell us if uh, Beetlejuice or uh, Dirty Harry would make your list I'm very interested in seeing if that was on somebody else's hundred list uh, so hit I'm us up on Facebook I'm beginning to see that the generation changes yeah I told you I hung out with a kid born 93 he had never even heard of Apocalypse Now or JFK or anything that I that take for ins- granted that's insane that someone wouldn't have heard of Apocalypse never even heard now. of it I can is see he, you he, not he's a movie guy he's too? a movie guy yeah what are some of his favorites Step Brothers yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And we branched out, man. I I always wanted to cast a wide net with my genres and my love for movies. It, there is no if I hear something fantastic, uh, I'm I'm ordering it or I'm watching it, man. I have no problem with that at all. So, yeah. But hit us up on Facebook. We'll get back to you. You can see all the cool photos that we drop. We could also hit us up fascinatingfilms at uh, gmail dot com, or you could uh, leave us a like or a comment on the uh, episode itself on iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, tell us what you think of uh, Beetlejuice or uh, or Dirty Harry or Plague Dog. No, no Plague Dogs. <laughs> just, just stop selling it, man. <laughs> just gonna piss everyone. Well, off. Well, one of the main voices is John Hurt. He was one of the main dogs. Uh, see, he doesn't. That's not in his uh, his his clip reel. <laughs> sure. 
Well, why did you want me for this role? Was it Plague? It was Plague Dogs, wasn't it? <laughs> All right, guys. Until next week. See ya. Bye. I got to know. Yeah.